Welcome to Light Treason News, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I'm joined today by Eric. Oh, that's me. Hello. I'm here. Hello. How's it going? Uh, you know, going good. Are you upset because so. it got so cold? So fast? Uh, it, yeah, it was not, it was, yeah, it's, it's bad. It it's, dropped it got like so cold. 20 degrees. Yeah, it was Suddenly not it was like, it's fall, bitch. And we're all like, no. Yeah, like, it was like starting to get cool. And I was like, great. It's finally time. We it's got jacket fall. season. And then it just went immediately to, to cold. winter. Yeah, to, to the dead winter. of winter. Yeah. So how's the job going? It's great. Yeah. yeah. Anything, any wacky. I always want you to tell like the wackiest stories from the Citizen app. Uh, or is it just more like much more boring than I think it is? Yeah, it's much more boring. I mean, we hear a lot of stuff that we don't put on there. So like we what? hear, uh, I mean, uh, I'm trying to think. Why don't you uh, put it on there? Because it's not relevant or like okay. of the public interest. Okay. You know, it's like, it, it, it's very much like they try to, to keep it to like stuff that is actually relevant to the users. Right. It's so like, we'll post funny stuff sometimes. Like, uh, man throwing pineapple at cab. Yeah, like that stuff's interesting because it's like I saw that the other day. Yeah, like that stuff is 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 good because it's like if you're in the area, mm-hmm. you need to avoid this the pineapple dude throwing. Mint. Yeah, pineapple. But oh, I think he just had one. It's not like he had a sack of pineapples. Well, you don't know that. I mean, <laughs> it seemed like it was one pineapple that yeah. he threw at a cab. But yeah, maybe he just had a sack of pineapples. Yeah, or maybe he would go back and get more. Uh, sure. But I mean, uh, we post funny stuff sometimes if it's a slow night. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's like not, if it, if it is so funny that it's like, would not be harmful to anyone. Mm-hmm. So like, and, and sometimes those get picked up. Like there was an article that came out recently about citizen and, uh, actually one of my coworkers on the overnight shift with me, one of his, um, one of his posts got put on there, which was about, uh, three, uh, three raccoons chasing humans. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, so we'll post like fun that's stuff funny. like that sometimes. Now, that's newsworthy, but I actually think the more newsworthy aspect of that is how do you pronounce raccoons? I was because what you just said yeah. was raccoons. It's fun. Which you is insane. You got to switch it up sometimes. Okay, so you were just having fun with the English language. Yes. That's not how you actually say No, it's, it's raccoon. raccoons. Oh, God, I don't know how I say it now. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Today I saw a raccoon. No. <laughs> raccoon, raccoon, <laughs> right? <laughs> Is that how I say it? Oh my god! I lean hard on the first syllable, but I, that might be a southern thing because I'm I'm a hard like raccoon, raccoon, raccoon. A bunch of raccoon. Oh fuck! <laughs> a bunch of raccoons were going through. Yeah, yeah, I think that's how I say it. Oh, I think Eric, I, I'm yeah, already so mad I've at heard, you. I feel like I've I don't know if I've heard it in like on TV or maybe yeah. like actually, but I've heard raccoon. That's insane. I but reject that. That sounds weird. Yeah. Uh, but, I'm gonna uh, say that's illegal, yeah. and you should go to prison if you say raccoon. <laughs> Mm, yeah. Rac- oh fuck. How do I say <laughs> it? How do I say it? It's a weird word. Uh so it's a weird one. That's very funny. Three uh raccoons chasing a man. Yeah. They're like chasing people. Very funny, um, very funny. So like we'll put stuff like that because it's like a fun it gets people and you know, people see that, they give it a little chuckle. And sure. also and like there's no I like that because it's not at the I guess it's at the expense of the person being uh, hunted by feral animals. I was going to say it's not at the expense (laughs) of anyone. It's not really like anything. I mean, it's a funny thing. There's no like identifying information. It's not anything that could harm anybody. You know, we go out of our way to like protect people's identities and like 
not get anyone in any extra danger or stuff like that. Sure. So. Uh, so anything else new? I know that you said now that you're just working one job, you actually have recommendations yes. for the recommendation. I, yeah, I've just been like, this is still my, I guess I just passed like my first, I guess this is like, I'm finally like past my first month at the job now. Mm-hmm. And so like this past month, I've just been like trying to adjust to an overnight schedule life. Yeah, like for example, you have not slept yet since working. No, I I I I got off work at uh, seven a.m. It's now two hours later than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and also uh, known as nine. No, it's nine. <laughs> <laughs> for you math heads out there, <laughs> right? <laughs> two hours uh, past seven a puzzle is for nine a.m. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I I just uh, I, but I used to work overnight uh, in the hotel industry a while ago. And I didn't. I didn't really like. Oh, right. I didn't really know anything about working overnight at that time, so sure. I was just kind of like winging it and just kind of going. Like, I forgot that you have experience yes. working uh, nutty hours. Yeah, I did that for a long time, but I didn't like. I didn't do it right. Like I didn't know how to like. I didn't know anything about like your body and like your sleep schedule and all that stuff. I was sure. just kind of like going with it. Did you just, know? That you can die <laughs> from not getting enough sleep. Apparently, you can. You yeah. can. That's a little uh, fact for you, fact heads out there. <laughs> fact heads. Fact heads <laughs> yeah. and math heads. Yeah, uh, those are our two listener demographics. Um, but yeah, I just like I I didn't really. I just kind of like went with it. I just kind of did whatever. And and looking back on it, probably did some uh, a lot of damage damage to my brain. For, yeah, sure, for uh, sure. I was actually listening to a podcast right before you came over about how we're just beginning to understand the sleep cycles of teenagers and how important sleep is for them. Mm -hmm. And some communities have started to have this debate about starting schools later, stuff like that. And it's very contentious. Yeah. Because that that gets into all sorts of stuff where it's like parents who work and like have to get their kids to school and all of that stuff. Yeah, of course. Um, But how... Probably teenagers should be getting nine and a half hours every night of sleep. Because when you're sleeping, growth hormones get released. So they're actually growing while they're sleeping. Uh, So if you interrupt their sleep cycles, (laughs) uh, you're interrupting the hormones in their bodies, which is obviously very destructive. This is the growth. This is the brain development. Yes. Um, Yeah. uh, So when I got this job and I knew it was going to be overnight, I started like looking into because there's a there's a new there is a a newly recognized medical disorder called sleep uh, shift work sleep disorder. Okay. For people who work either late second shifts or overnight shifts. Mm -hmm. And it, it it's basically just related to the problems your body has adjusting to that type of schedule, and so it, and when you if you don't take measures to counteract it, which I did not in my twenties, sure, um, it can uh, it can have real like lasting effects on your brain, uh, on your, uh, I mean like physically on your brain, and then also like your emotions, your you know mental health mm-hmm. stuff like that. So when I got this job, I started reading up on it. So I started off by, I, I started following a lot of these tips, and it's been very helpful. Oh, good! Like, yeah. what are some of the tips? So what I do is um, typically uh, I like to wear. So the big thing is if you're working an overnight shift, the the biggest problem is when you get off work, the sun is up. Yes. The sun is your body's clue to be awake. Right. So it doesn't matter how tired you are when you get off work. When you hit the sun, you start to wake up. Right. 
Also, when it gets dark, your body releases melatonin. Yes. Like, time to go to bed. So you're you're fighting against thousands of years of genetic programming. Yes. And, well, and the thing is, as you're working, if you're, like, either taking stimulants, you know, like caffeine and stuff, or just the process of being awake and working, your melatonin production levels will actually start to decrease mm. because you're not going to sleep when your body's producing melatonin. So your your body stops producing it because you're awake, you're at, you're engaged, you're actively working. Sure. So your body will stop producing, your body will produce lower levels of it, which then you get off work uh, in the morning, your sun is up, you're waking up. So now by the time you get home, it's harder to, to go to sleep. Right. So, and if you do, when you do go to sleep, you, you're going to sleep less and... Uh, lower quality. Right. So what I do is I usually wear sunglasses on the way home to block out sunlight. Mm-hmm. But even if I don't, when I get home, I have blackout curtains. Sure. I wear a sleep mask now. Yep. Um, I sometimes use earplugs, but sound doesn't bother me that much while I'm sleeping, mm-hmm. so I don't really need to. But mm-hmm. sometimes I will, if like, because I live, I live literally on the other side of a school, so sometimes children are just screaming nope. outside. Um. And I take, uh, yeah, I take doses of melatonin. Um, Good. And uh, it's been working out great. Like, I usually sleep a solid eight hours through the day, mm-hmm. uninterrupted, mm-hmm. Uh, get up, go to work. Wow. Uh, it's been it's been working pretty well. I've been feeling pretty good. And it's uh, almost like capitalism is bad <laughs> and we should let people sleep. Mm. I don't know. It does feel that way. Is that wacky? Uh, but, yeah, I've, I've kind of adjusted. To, like, now I just have sort of, like, an opposite life. <laughs> right. No, I just I, no, I just have a life opposite of everyone else. Right. Um so keeping with that theme since mm-hmm. you now just have one job with very weird hours. Yes. I hear you too. are able to give recommendations. Yes, I've been watching uh, media. Oh my god. <laughs> what are you watching cuz I have a bunch, but I feel okay, like cool. I usually just rant and you're like, well, "I what is sleep? I'm yeah. so tired." I haven't watched a ton of TV specifically. Mm-hmm. I did power through and watch 12 seasons of criminal minds oh my god <laughs> that's guys that's so much tv I those are hour-long episodes eric i say this with affection but i feel like you give the recommendations of like a grandmother <laughs> yes whenever yeah. you come on you're like mm. have you watched law and order it's very <laughs> good it's always on and i'm like yes eric we've all seen law and order so you well, watched way too much Criminal Minds. Yeah, I started watching Criminal Minds because I c- was current on Law and Order SVU. And I was like, <laughs> yep. I was like, I need a new procedural. Procedural. I need <laughs> yeah. a new hour long procedural. And my mom really likes Criminal Minds. There you go. So I was like, I've never seen it. I should watch it. Yeah. And I just was like, there's 12 seasons on Netflix, so we're gonna do this. And I started, and it took like two months. Wow. <laughs> uh, and that includes a couple days of like straight like. 14 hours watching Criminal Minds. <laughs> That's uh, too much Criminal Minds. But it was a lot. But I, I'm i one of those people, like, if I start, like, if I watch the first episode, I'm like, I got to do it. You know I gotta, what? I'm I got like, to watch all of it. I'm shitting on you, but I am re-watching seasons of Project Runway I've already <laughs> seen. So I know who wins every season. I'm still re-watching. <laughs> I did that with Hell's Kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, like, it doesn't ruin it for me. Because no. I, I forgot so many of the challenges and... I think for a lot of the shows, the winner, who wins is not even really the hook of the it's show. It's the journey. Mm-hmm. It's the journey, it's everyone. The journey. Yeah. Okay, so Criminal Minds, what else? I watched a lot of Criminal Minds. Uh, <laughs> uh, what if it was just Criminal Minds? No, uh, I did. So 
I rewatched a couple movies uh, just because I because I've had these Hulu like this Hulu and Netflix subscription forever, and I just like haven't been using it. So I finally the other day while I was just laying in bed, mm-hmm. I, I rewatched the movie uh, Fever Pitch. Okay, the Jimmy Fallon movie. Oh yeah, charming movie. It's okay. fun. Never I remember saw watching it, and I was like, oh, "That's fun." And then I rewatched it. Yeah, it's a fun movie. It's okay, fun. what's the premise? It's about uh, a guy who's obsessed with the Boston Red Sox. Sure. It's based on so a, a real stretch for Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, it's it's based on a, a Nick Hornby novel, which okay. is written about soccer or football um but they uh, they you know remade it for american audience mm-hmm. how do i say the Red Sox. how do i say football usually mm-hmm. do i say football <laughs> well I that's the, that's the, the european i know the with soccer, the dumb little accent over it football, i know uh, i'm cultured so i rewatched that i rewatched uh i rewatched a favorite uh the movie rounders <laughs> oh oh yeah i feel like i did see that but i remember nothing about it it's on it's on netflix somebody alerted me to the fact that it's on netflix who so I was alerted like, you to the fact that <laughs> rounders is on Netflix. <laughs> well, not me specifically, but it was oh. it was on like a forum post. I thought somebody, somebody like, put out like the bat signal. No, no. no. <laughs> but I did that for other people. Sure. I was like, hey, just so you know, yeah. <laughs> Rounders on Netflix. So I rewatched that. Eric Great, called classic. me at two in the morning mm-hmm. screaming yep. that Rounders <laughs> is on Netflix. That's something I would do. <laughs> that sounds like something I would do. Uh, so yeah, I rewatched that classic. It's a great movie. I cool. stand by it. Uh, but a, a new movie I watched, great documentary. I highly okay, recommend. It's exciting. called the seven five. Oh, I don't know what this is. Ooh, it's about crooked cops in Brooklyn in the nineties. Ooh, 90s. okay. It's about it's about a gang. Oh, they of, were so crooked. Yes, so crooked. We're gonna talk about cops later in the show. I love it. Yeah. Uh, yes, so I mean, so crooked. Like, so crooked. I mean, they're still crooked, but oh my god. Yeah. Brooklyn in the nineties. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, it was rough. Baby. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's about it's specifically about. Two crooked cops. It's specifically about one story of of these two crooked cops in Brooklyn in the seven five, uh, which is East New York, mm-hmm. uh, Brownsville area. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I knew that because of my job. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's great. It's just a story. It's it's about this one prolific like crooked cop, and how he got involved with a bunch of like drug gangs in Brooklyn in the nineties. And it tells basically the whole story from him starting out as a cop to the whole operation <laughs> that he basically started uh-huh. uh, in this whole this whole this whole story. It's very well done. It's it, it's told it's it's one of those documentaries that I like where it is told. It's told, I think, exclusively the whole thing is just interviews. Oh, wow. And they sort of blend them together. So you get all these different sides sort of different of like, stories. Um, who who directed the fog of war uh errol flynn yes uh no i don't remember okay i do not remember but anyway it yeah it's 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 one of those movies where, yeah, where they're just like straight to camera yeah yeah it's it's a uh it's a bunch of errol morris errol morris that's what it is yeah yes. i was um, like i think that's an actor <laughs> yeah uh, uh yeah uh but yeah like it, it basically yeah it's just interviews with like three the or four of these cops <laughs> and a, and, a, and a drug dealer, <laughs> like yeah. a huge prolific Brooklyn drug dealer right. that they were working with, and they basically just all tell the story, and they you know they cut them so you're hearing different sides at the same time, and then That's you cool. know it's cool. It's a, it's a great documentary. I highly recommend it. Very cool. My recommendation is Watchmen on HBO. Oh, I haven't seen it. Yet. Ooh, baby. So did you read the graphic novel? I'm familiar with Watchmen, yes. Okay. Yes. Did you read it? Yes. Separate yes, question. Yes. Um, I'm familiar with it. <laughs> Just say yes, you read it. So I don't know. 
there's a lot of debate about if you would be able to enjoy the show if you were not familiar with the graphic novel. Yeah. Because man, Damon Lindelof just drops you in the middle of it with no explanation. Right, right. So it's very, I would imagine, disorienting if you don't know what this story is about or who these characters are supposed right. to be. I still think it's interesting enough and compelling enough that it would be enjoyable. Right. Maybe a little confusing. Apparently, even for people who are familiar with the graphic novel, there are like there's like companion literature online right. that sort of explains some of the weird technology in the show that has mm. not been explained right now like why does it's supposed to be 2019 why are people still listening to cds right. why is there's there this weird phone booth where you can call you know mars and talk right. to uh dr manhattan okay yeah uh they just don't explain it because <laughs> i think there's this assumption like you're familiar enough with this world where you know we've all read this comic book right. and it's like well no a lot of people haven't read the comic book and it might yeah. be confusing it's so good. Nice. It's so good. I've heard, it, I've heard everybody's freaking out about it. Everybody's it opens it. with the terrorist attack on Tulsa. See, this is the only thing I know about the show is that when the first episode aired, I just saw a bunch of people on Twitter being like, oh, apparently a bunch of people didn't know about the Tulsa bombing and like, did, like they didn't well, know about it. they don't teach it in schools. Uh, it's not in our history books. I guess so. I mean, I guess I didn't learn about it in school. I just thought everybody knew about it. No, like tons <laughs> of people don't because we're not taught it. And it's the worst racially motivated racist attack yeah. in U.S. history. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you don't know, Tulsa was known as the Black Wall Street. Black and Wall one Street. day, a bunch of racist white people, including the government, got yep. together and bombed this city and completely destroyed it and killed a bunch of people. Yeah horrible horrible attack so this show opens with that which i was like are they about to show the attack on tulsa <laughs> and sure enough they did right. um Bold. and it, it it's not just to damon lindelof's credit he has a, a very diverse writing staff mm -hmm. uh core jefferson's one of the writers on the show oh, nice. great writer um and so they're they know a lot about this stuff you know um and they know about the history and the reason I like it is it wasn't just shown for shock value. It is like the launching pad for the entire series. Cool. So it like it is the foundation. It's not yeah. like we're just showing this to show we're like edgy and woke. You yeah, know, it's yeah, like, yeah. no, no, this event sparks everything that happens after it. Cool. Um, so uh, Regina King is in it. She's amazing. Jean Smart just mm. popped up in the last episode. If you don't know Jean Smart, uh, she's also in Legion. Great actress who has been around forever, and she's so good. Mm. Um, the writing in the last episode was just bananas good. Um, but yeah, it's great. I'm so sad it's a limited series. I'm hoping it'll sort of get the Big Little Eyes treatment, right. where it's like, oh, it's a limited series, except here's season two. <laughs> and it's like, yay! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because um, right now it's getting a lot of positive buzz, and I think right. it has enough interest where hopefully there'll be another season because there's so much to unpack. I'm like, even though it's like an extended limited series, I think it's like nine episodes instead of six or seven. Mm -hmm. I still think there's way too much to get to uh, in just nine episodes, so I'm hoping they'll get another season. I'm really into the idea of taking a franchise, uh, or I guess, I mean, I guess, you, I don't know if Watchmen counts as a franchise, but you know what I mean, like taking yeah. this existing thing and like, I don't know, kind of like making a, instead of just retelling the story that everybody's already read, like making a world out of it and just kind of exploring like, Oh, what would the world of this 
Like, what would life of this world be like? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I I like that idea a lot. And they, a yeah, they really, really commit to this. Like, I mean, I don't know how much you know about this series, but it's basically like um, Rorschach has gone on to inspire right-wing racist white men. Right. And now they are, like, roaming militias. And the police have been, like, driven underground and they have to, like, wear masks and stuff. Yeah. Um, they're no longer able to draw their weapons without, like, they have to call into a precinct to basically be like, uh, I'm under duress. <laughs> my life right. is in trouble. Can you please unlock my weapon? Yeah, yeah. Um, which is an interesting idea, especially, you know, uh, with everything that's happened with Black Lives Matter. Right. But it opens with, like, a bla- black officer pulling over a racist white guy and basically being like, can I get my weapon unlocked? (laughs) Um, So there's all of these interesting, like, ramifications, byproducts that this world is trying to deal with. Um, And it's not, it's it's very messy and there's no, like, clear answers, but I really, really give them credit for being so ambitious and Mm -hmm. tackling some of this stuff. Yeah, that's cool. Especially right now. Um, So yeah, I won't say any more because I don't want to spoil anything for anyone, but do check out Watchmen. That's awesome. And then the last thing I'll recommend before we get into bad news is new FKA Twigs is so good. Oh, I haven't listened to it And I was such an asshole about her. Not really. I was more like, I, I give her credit. She's like cool and different, just not for me. Yeah. And then I listened to the new album and I was like, is this very good? So I wrote my friend who's like obsessed with her mm-hmm. and i was like i think i like fka twigs and he was like oh my god if you love fka mm-hmm. twigs listen to this this and this from her old albums yeah. and i went back and i listened to them and i'm like i'm a little piece of shit like i must have just been in a bad mind frame or something when i listened to her last time but like she's phenomenal i think she gets uh i've always really liked her i think she gets a, a rap as somebody who is kind of just being weird for the sake of being weird yeah. I think she gets kind of labeled that way, and I don't think that's necessarily correct. No, there's an artistry. It's not her just being weird to be weird. Like, everything is very intentional. I yeah. think it's good. Uh, and I'd like to thank Robert Pattinson for whatever you did to this poor woman because <laughs> it inspired a great album. Uh. <laughs> that's mean. Like, probably nothing bad happened. It was just a sad breakup. But yeah. still... It's sort of like when Adele breaks up and everybody's like, oh, I'm going to get such good music yeah, yeah, yeah. with this. Such a fucked up way to think. <laughs> I wonder what's going to happen when uh, Elon Musk and Grimes eventually break up. Oh, we're going to get such good music <laughs> from Elon, not from Grimes. Right, yeah, yeah, His Elon. debut album. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's going to be like a, a boiler room DJ or something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. He probably is already. <laughs> Guys, do you have any recommendations, thoughts about anything we talked about today? We are always on Twitter, hashtag Light Trees and Pod. Send your recommendations if you want. And uh, it's that time of the show. Let's all hold hands and cry. Here's your bad news. So I said we were going to talk about cops. Let's talk about the wild behavior of the NYPD cracking down on uh, fair, um, what do they call them? Fair Fair evaders. Fair (laughs) evaders. uh, But also just the general harassment of homeless people and or anyone 
they choose to fuck with mm-hmm. on the subway. Yeah. Because the most recent example of that is there's a, a video that went viral that someone shot uh, in a subway station of a man. I don't even think he's a homeless person. I think he just had his bag on the bench beside where he was sitting. Yeah, I heard about this. Yeah. And two officers start fucking with him where they're like, you can't have your bag on the bench. Which literally, like... <laughs> This isn't even during rush hour. It's it's when the station is empty. That's not a rule. That's not a law. I've literally uh, uh, set down my food and eat an entire meal <laughs> on the seat next to me. And they don't fuck with you because <laughs> you're white. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so this is obviously this was a person of color. And in the video, he is very confused and he's sort of like, he should be. Yeah, he's like, wait, what's <laughs> what happening? happening? And the one of the cops at one point says, um, I, th- I think the man says something like, I didn't know this was against the law or something. And he was like, well, I'm the cop, so I'm the expert in the law oh, is basically what he said. And uh, credit to the person filming it. They kept filming the whole time, even when the cops told them to stop. And like questioned the cops where they were like why are you harassing this man and they can never give a clear answer it's basically like because we want to yeah and i wanted to talk about this as sort of a jumping off point for how the nypd is basically policing the subway in the way they used to uh do like broken windows yeah and i used that phrase recently in front of someone who didn't know what it meant so just to recap the, the it was Ray Kelly, right? Or it might have even preceded Ray Kelly. I can't remember if it was Ray Kelly or Bill Bratton. Uh, yeah, I think it might have been Bill. But so the NYPD still has this policy called broken windows, which is mm-hmm. the belief that you come down really, really hard on petty crimes because if you don't, it will spiral into uh, severe crimes like rape and murder. So that means that you borderline murder or sometimes murder kids who are like tagging the side of a subway car with like graffiti because if you don't, they'll become gang members who kill people. Yeah, so it's based on... So Broken Windows policing is based on a like a social theory... About about urban development and crime called broken windows, mm. I d- the broken windows theory or whatever. And so broken windows theory basically is like if you have a neighborhood where there's graffiti, broken windows, like things are run down, people don't respect it as much. Right. They commit more crime. They and are, it's like this whole bad spiral. Yes, and so the so yeah, so basically, and I and like you said, I don't remember who it was, but basically somebody came into the New York police department and was like hey i read about this thing in 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 my fucking sociology class or whatever it's like i've been i've been reading about this this theory this broken windows theory so we're gonna create a proactive policing basically like policy and what proactive means is you go out and you bust skulls for a kid jumping a turnstile yeah you stop everything two dollars right you stop every little crime and you know, structural problem. And it's like, oh, and then you'll have less crime. And what you're actually describing is a police state where you have tons of cops in the subway stations, bullying, harassing homeless people, always, always uh, black and brown teenagers, never, never white teenagers, all under the guise of 
broken windows, which is we have to crack down on this guy who has his bag on the bench because if we don't, it will lead to social chaos. And it sounds fucking insane when you say it like that because it is. Right. It, it's been proven time and again that the broken windows policy does not work. Uh, petty crime does not automatically lead to more severe crimes. What leads to crime is mass poverty. Right. We know that. Um, but it hasn't stopped the NYPD in 2019 <laughs> under de Blasio, our, our hippie mayor, right? Um, it hasn't stopped them from invading the, the subway stations and terrorizing them. Yeah, it's weird, too, because like, this is very clearly like a new... Uh, I mean, Broken Windows is not new, but like all this stuff is like... I mean, they've always harassed people, but like there's been a, a very clear surge in the past couple yeah. months. Like It's very really clearly been a new initiative. Like Yeah, and they for sure are going to kill someone. There was another video of a guy... Uh, a ferrovator on the train. He has his hands up and the cops draw their weapons so fast on this guy. And it's terrifying to watch. There's like, this train is crowded. There's people screaming, trying to run from the cops. I mean, They draw their weapons on a guy who jumped a turnstile for $2.75. You should never draw your weapon. What are uh, you yeah. doing? He's not a threat. He just, he's poor. Right. He couldn't pay it. So, like, they are 100% going to execute somebody on a train for being poor. Yeah, I mean, it's insane to me that, like, it's insane when you think about, like, how much money they're paying cops to police subway stations and like they could just use that money for to fix the subways. <laughs> yeah, like, all of the money we're pouring into. To make the fair, like, did you hear about the one subway station where they installed a camera for every single turnstile? Yeah, Fulton Street. Yeah. Like, how much did that cost? Who knows? <laughs> I mean, <untold laughs> like we're pouring money, all like, of this money into further expanding our police state when it could be into like social programs, charities. You know. I mean, even like, uh, yeah. I mean, certainly it could be for all that. It could also just be like. To fix the like, you can yeah. to use all the money you're spending on cops, please, and something just make the subway free, right? <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like you could just fund the subway so that nobody has to pay, yeah, and probably come out even just not paying the cops to be in the train station, right? Um, so also in bad news, I wanted to talk about uh, the Trump administration just hit a terrifying new milestone. Um, Trump has now appointed one out of every four appeals court judges, mm -hmm. more than Obama did in eight years in office. And I feel like this is one of those consequences of the Trump administration that we don't really talk about. I was going to say, I think, I think this is a huge consequence of the president, just in, of the presidency in general that doesn't really get mentioned. And I think, because I, I think there's maybe uh, some people who believe, like, I mean, obviously everyone thinks that the president is an, an important office but i i think there's a, a view that maybe it's not as powerful because like if you have uh if you control the house to block him or whatever then he can't accomplish he can't stuff. do too much damage yeah. which is in some ways true like it's harder to pass through legislation if you control at least one of the houses so like you know you're you're able to stonewall a lot of stuff if you control at least one of the houses but then they just appoint a shit ton of judges. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I feel like a lot of people don't understand how the appeals court system works. They certainly don't know Trump has appointed 45 appeals court judges. Yeah. 
and they i think a lot of people just look at 2020 and they're like hey maybe we can get out of this with him only have having built um baby jails right you know which is bad enough but what a lot of people don't understand is we will be living with the consequences of the trump administration for a while yeah this is why it's so important to win elections (laughs) (laughs) because like let's say he loses in 2020 you know it's not just like okay we had a bad four years and now we rewrite the write the ship it's like he's gotten 45 appeals court judges there's no telling how many lower level federal judges below that because there's a there's a multi-tiered court system so he's probably gotten a ton of i I don't know the numbers off the top of my head but like a lot of lower level federal judges and Two Supreme Court justices. And those are lifetime appointments, uh-huh. baby. Yeah, so, and he nominated pretty young guys. So mm-hmm. they're going to be there for a long time. Deliberately. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so, you know, I, I think, like, yeah, I, I, there's so many ramifications to, to a presidency that people don't see. And, like, you know, we're still feeling the effects of the Reagan administration. Yeah. Of, you know, the Bush administration. Like, you feel those effects for decades after. Yeah. And so it's not, you know... Everybody knows it's important to win a an election, but like I don't think people understand how important it is. Like, yeah, the scope of it. Yeah, like like the, the rest of our lives will be living with the consequences. Yeah, like, it could just be one four year term, and we will it will this will have a profound effect on your life for a long time. Right, which is why elections matter. <laughs> so I also wanted to talk about this bizarre moment at a Trump rally in Kentucky. When Senator Rand Paul um, pretty much outed the whistleblower. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who came forward about Trump's uh, shady deal with Ukraine um, in exchange for getting dirt on um, the Bidens. So it was very, very weird <laughs> where... Uh, so... How did this even start? Rand Paul demanded the media unmask the whistleblower um, and tweeted out an article that speculated in considerable detail about the identity of the whistleblower with a photograph, a name, and details about (laughs) the purported political history of a CIA professional. Uh, And then right after that happened, Russian state media followed suit. I believe that was a Breitbart article. Too. Okay. Yeah. Uh yeah, that makes sense. So um <laughs> <laughs> You remember when Rand what? Paul uh pretended to be libertarian? <laughs> yeah, for like a hot second. And like uh how anti government he is. Um yeah, that's not good. That's that's real bad, <laughs> right? And illegal question yeah. mark? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the law about <sighs> unmasking whistleblowers because I th- <sighs> The way I understand it is like the legal protection for whistleblowers may not. I don't. I don't know if it protects like your anonymity. I think it protect protects you from getting fired for being a whistleblower. But I don't. I don't. But you could just out them. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the legality of outing a whistleblower is like that. I, I, mean, I have yeah, no clue. Yeah, I guess a whistleblower is different than a protected witness. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know what the law is about that. Let's say not good. Yeah, it's not this good. Was not good. Yeah, it's not good. I mean, I don't. Uh, yeah, it's not. You shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, that, yeah, yeah. That's. It, it's also really bizarre that, like, I don't know. I I feel like uh, this gets talked about a lot, but like, I feel like there's a lot of like 
Trump really just has this profound effect on the people around him of just like uh just complete degradation of all norms and uh well yeah and then they start to compete with each other where it's like i want a cookie from daddy yeah where it's like who can say the most outrageous thing right who can give him the most valuable uh damaging information about his opponents right right, right. and then it's like a a race to get his approval and then uh uh-oh you're all in jail and they're like what happened (laughs) right yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) plus two he's like you know uh, I don't want to diagnose anyone, but you know, essentially a sociopath, right? Uh, with he, he, and so there's no like, there's no such thing as like loyalty or friendships with Trump. It's all no. like as long as you're in his favor and doing things for him, he does things for you, right? As soon as you mess up, you're out, you're done. He'll dispose of Goodbye. you, yeah. Uh, Never think of you again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, like so. I mean, this is why, like, you know, there's been so much turnover in the administration. There's that like. <laughs> quasi uprising which like got way too much play Uh, supposedly there's a bunch of people in the white house who are working to like dismantle it from the blah 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 blah. Mm -hmm. i'm like if you don't fucking quit in mass there was an article that was like we thought about quitting in mass and it's like okay but you didn't wow so brave so your collaborators (laughs) don't give a shit yeah (laughs) yeah i mean like yeah i mean unless you're if you don't quit and you're not proactively trying to dismantle the administration I don't think from the you inside. can dismantle it. The only thing you can do is just quit in mass. I think you can... The only what way are they you doing? Can do Cutting, it, like, phone wires in there? Like, no, I mean, you could... I mean, you could leak information. That's really the only way yeah, you could... Yeah, but, like, we... They're so fucking inept that they end up doing that anyway. Like, right. you're not going to take down the Trump administration. <laughs> it hasn't been taken down yet. So, right. like, quit. What yeah. are you doing? Yeah. Um, so before we run out of time, I also wanted to talk about <laughs> T.I. We got to talk oh. about T.I. This is so gross, but I wanted to talk Insane. about it because I don't like he's getting a lot of backlash and rightfully so. But I think this is like a very commonly held view by a lot of Christian conservative men, right. but not just Christian conservative men, uh, men who think it's their job to police their daughter's virginity. So. Oh, my God. So T.I., who is a rapper, um, was very concerned about his daughter's hymen. Mm-hmm. And he's so concerned that he recently told a podcast that he goes to the gynecologist every year to have the doctor check her hymen. Now, whether that's true or not, like maybe he was just saying it, um, maybe he's lying. Hopefully. Yeah, it could have been a little... Uh exaggeration a little hyperbole like i'm so strict i do this but he doesn't actually do it uh but his daughter's 18 years old and if it is true it's completely sick and a gynecologist should be like get the fuck out of my office what (laughs) are you doing your daughter's 18 yeah um even before that that's fucking sick um but it reminds me of those photos like those prom photos have you ever seen these where, like, the dad will be, like, threatening the boy in the oh, photo. Oh, like the gun to his head video. Gun to his head. Yeah, yeah. Uh, pretending <laughs> to hit him. A guy literally did that to my friend in high school. Uh, it's insane behavior. <laughs> it's fully insane behavior. It is so gross to me that a dad, A, would even be thinking about his daughter's mm-hmm. body and sexuality at all. Like, why are you thinking about that, dude? Why are you obsessing over your daughter's vagina? Mm-hmm. And then B, 
like just the inherent misogyny and sexism of it where it's like you are an extension of my property so I'm going to protect you like I would my house with my gun (laughs) (laughs) right you know like it's very it's bizarre archaic behavior yeah it's just weird what's weird about it to me is that I mean (laughs) there are lots of things weird about it (laughs) where do we start what's strange to me is that like it's this weird cultural custom that gets passed down and it, it in a weird way it's not like it's not a custom that I think like dads teach their sons. You know what I mean? Like indirect in like a direct way of like, hey, when you have a daughter you have to protect her. It's like very, she's your property. It's very performative. It's very performative. It's very like I don't know, in a weird way it's like they kinda internalize it without being taught it directly of like like I said, like I don't think like a lot of dads like sit their sons down and like, hey, when you have a daughter, you have to like protect her and like she. It's like it's not like a lesson they learn. It's just sort of like this weird thing, this amorphous thing, just in the culture. And that that, people that's just like take. really reinforced in media too. Yeah, like exactly. in movies and TV shows, it's always the dad threatening the boy who comes over to right. take his daughter out. Like, it is this thing we pass down in stories where it's like, this is how you be a good dad. Well, I don't, You like, treat your daughter like she's your house, <laughs> like right. your property. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I know this gets talked a lot, but I people bring this up, but I don't think people really like think about it a lot. But like at wedding ceremonies, a dad gives away his daughter. Yes. To the husband. Right. That property. is what a wedding ceremony is. Yeah. The whole, the whole point of a wedding ceremony, the whole crux of it is so that a, a father can take his daughter down the aisle and... Give her to a husband. Right. Like one would a horse. Yeah. yeah. Like, Please take care of my horse. Like when you think about it, like that is the ceremony. Right. Like that is the whole point of the ceremony. Yeah, exactly. So I like I wanted to talk about T.I. because gross, dude. But also his behavior isn't unusual. I also wanted to Especially talk about. Enough, he, oh, I mean, it is unusual. It should be treated as unusual. But like this is a very commonly held belief in our society that. Your daughter is your property if you're a man, but also that virginity is important. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> that it's all about ripping that hymen open. Yeah. And if you can't, if she's already like, uh, if she goes horseback riding or she bounces a little too enth- enthusiastically on a trampoline, right. she is now worthless as yeah. a woman. It's very weird. It, the, the obsession with the hymen is very creepy. I would love to know would love to see research on this on region because i think ti's from atlanta mm. and this is a very popular like belief in the south i think mm. i'd wa- i'd love to know if it's like a nationwide thing i i mean i don't know i think it's a conservative thing i yeah. think it's not regional i think it has a lot of overlap with like christian conservatives yeah that obsession with property and virginity right right i think those are like old school biblical things yeah yeah, for sure um guys that's enough of the bad let's end things on a good note uh the opposite of ti policing his daughter's hymen note the exact opposite the exact opposite of that here's your good news (laughs) 
So I wanted to devote the entire good news section to the election results we just had. Ooh. Because a lot of cool stuff happened. Yeah, pretty good, uh, pretty, good, pretty good night. Pretty good night. So in Kentucky, this was a surprise. Democrat Andy Bashir. Uh, claimed victory in the governor's race. Yeah, bye-bye, Matt Bevin. Well, Matt Bevin says he's not conceding, <laughs> <laughs> which is just how our elections work now. If you lose, you're like, well, I'm, I reject this. <laughs> I <laughs> um, want a recount. I don't uh, agree. <laughs> I thought I should win. Mm-hmm. So, no. So, how about uh, if I don't say I lost... Legally, it didn't happen. (laughs) Legally, you can't touch me. (laughs) So this was obviously a big surprise because a lot of the election results where people were like, da-damn, were in states that Trump won Mm -hmm. decisively. So this is obviously not a good sign for him. Not that we can ever make broad um, assumptions or predictions for like the 2020 presidential race based on anything that happened. You can't make predictions, but there are like signs. Like, I mean, Trump did campaign for Bevin. Like, he did. He did go down to and Kentucky, sort of so. like staked his reputation on it, he, yeah, where so. he really like showed up in Kentucky and was like, "You guys are going to do this for me, right?" And then it didn't happen, which ends up being an indictment on him and his popularity. Yeah. Yeah. Then the other huge, huge result of the election was Democrats flipped both chambers of the Virginia legislature, taking control of the state Senate and the House, which is huge. (laughs) I really can't overstate that. You can't overstate it because, (laughs) first of all, it's Virginia. Yeah. Second of all, (laughs) in the past year, the governor uh, uh, was caught either... In blackface or in a KKK <laughs> hood in his yearbook. I'm just laughing because I can't believe it's 2019. Uh, Not because I think it's funny. No, I mean, well, it's just like it. It, it would be a big win, but I think, yeah, like, the governor was caught in a controversy in his with his yearbook, either in blackface or a KKK uh, hood costume. The lieutenant governor. Also had a blackface controversy. Sure. The attorney general sexually assaulted someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it happens. Uh, basically, the entire government. Uh, <laughs> are you telling me that you've never once done blackface and or sexually assaulted <laughs> someone, Eric? It happens. It doesn't happen. Literally, the entire government of Virginia basically was in, <laughs> embroiled in controversy. And they flipped both, both houses. Both houses. And again, Insane. Virginia is one of those states where, like, if you are Republican and you're running for president, you got to get Virginia. Yeah. You got to yeah, get yeah. it, girl. Insane. And it seems like um, the tides have turned. <laughs> the tides have turned a little bit. So there was disappointing news in Mississippi. Republican Lieutenant Governor Tate Reeves um, defeated the state's Attorney General Jim Hood, a Democrat in the governor's race. Oh, yeah. Mississippi. It's Mississippi. It's, what are you going to do? Yeah. I, I think <laughs> if Mississippi had gone blue, it would have been like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If that happens, Trump should just leave the White House yeah, right I mean, now. Southern states are weird because, like, there are pockets it's it's this weird thing because black it's like, people live in the south right. i mean there, yeah. there's like you know i mean I, I remember uh in the 2008 election i was looking at like county by county breakdowns and like the the county that i lived in was like 
almost voted for Obama. I think they were only like a point behind. Mm. You know, like there's stuff like that. I mean, there's it's just when you take the overall state. You know, because there's right. there's so much rural area. And, well, and, and you can't like, ever downplay the significance of like gerrymandering. Yeah, exactly. You know, the Republicans at this point realize they're losing the numbers game. Right. So they have to out strategize the Democrats. And they've been really, really successful at parsing populations so that they give the appearance of it occasionally having a majority. And they don't. They just statistically do not have a majority. Right. They're outnumbered by uh, voters who disagree with them, but they've rigged the system and mm-hmm. continue to do so by knocking people off the voter rolls and stuff like that, that they can continue to hold power. Right. If they can't do that, they lose, yeah. which is why it's really important to reverse the effects of gerrymandering. Gerrymandering and, I mean, uh, gerrymandering is a very real problem, but also just like the system is set up that way. Because like the way, you know, the way counties are broken down outside even just outside of gerrymandering Mm -hmm. just the way just the whole system the way it works like dividing everything into counties and like county you know it's like you can have you know and and then on a larger scale the electoral college you know it's like oh that thing's gotta go landmass counts for a lot more than votes which is dumb because your cows can't vote yeah and and then you know uh, there's a sort of natural segregation where typically people in metropolitan areas tend to be more liberal and those places are population dense so like you could theoretically have more people in like say like the city of atlanta than the rest the entire rest of the state of georgia mm-hmm. uh but it would count ca- like those votes in the rest of the state would counteract even though there's more votes in atlanta the the smaller number of people in the you know in the larger landmass would counteract the people in atlanta which you know? is insane yeah it's insane the way that works yeah and the only reason we humor it is because the smaller states with the smaller populations are like but we're sad we want as much power (laughs) as the three million people in your city and it's like well tough fucking shit yeah there's 200 of you (laughs) you don't get to have the same amount of votes as we do that's insane right mathematically maybe that worked back in the day when like you know we didn't have as big of a population in the united states right but now it's just fucking stupid yeah um so and also sorry if it makes you sad move to la (laughs) or new york if you want as much power (laughs) fuck off right so uh, what else did i want to talk about oh i uh, i want to talk about this just because it's so funny so you saw the photo of that cyclist who was giving the finger to trump's motorcade yes uh, in 2017, it was a while ago, uh, she lost her job because of it, uh, which was very sad. But good news, uh, Julie Briskman uh, won her bid for local office in Virginia. <laughs> she won. She became the supervisor for the Algonquian District in Loudoun County, nice. Virginia. I hope her campaign was just that picture. Uh, the, fi- the picture's so funny. That's like why I wanted to talk about <laughs> it. She's just giving the finger as hard as she can yeah. to his motorcade. Mm-hmm. Uh, Julie, good job. I'm sorry you lost your job because of it, but she won her race, and that's great. Did you... Uh, the other week on your show, talk about uh, <laughs> Trump going to the UFC fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I said good work, everybody, to everybody who booed him. So funny. Yeah, it's so it, that was so interesting, and it was just like sort of a uh, 
example of subjective processing uh-huh. because I saw a few videos posted from like all around the arena. Right. And depending on your political beliefs, you either thought people were cheering for him right. or booing him. Right. If right. you and also it had to do, of course, with how wealthy you are. So th- by the cage mm-hmm. on the f- in the floor seats, which are very, very expensive, right. everybody was cheering for yeah, Trump. Of but in the bleachers where like poorer people said everybody was booing him. <laughs> right. So like depending on where you were sitting and what video you posted you had a completely different experience about him walking into the arena which i thought was very interesting Mm -hmm. and also how that story was covered it went from people uh like cnn was like everybody boos trump because also it came right after the world series where people were booing him (laughs) so i think it made sense that they were covering it like oh he's getting booed again yeah and then it went to like fox being like cheering trump (laughs) and then I think ultimately uh, the news settled on like a mixed reaction. <laughs> there were some boos, right. there were some cheers, which is sure. actually what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was very interesting. Yeah, it's funny. He announced like he's going to an Alabama football game. Of course. And somebody he keeps like, like going to like safer and safer arenas. Somebody on Twitter was like, he's just pick, he's just like trying to find a sporting event where people won't boo him. Yeah, he's just eventually going to settle on like walking into the living room so Melania <laughs> can clap for him. Maybe not Melania, uh, Pence. <laughs> Yeah. I feel like maybe you wouldn't even get a cheer from Melania these days. (laughs) It's just like an icy stare. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It is interesting to me that they keep trying to parade him into public when his approval rating's not good right now. Yeah. I think this primary season is so long. It's so long. I was listening to a podcast the other day of a correspondent from think like australia and they were just like your primary season is so long yeah why is it this long it scares me that i worry that it is so long and that by the time we have a candidate uh it's not going to be effective yeah oh yeah for sure oh we didn't even get to and i guess we shouldn't because we're in the good news section we didn't talk about michael bloomberg this fucking idiot. I don't know. I think it's good news that he's running because he's a fucking moron. How, how can this gonna be good? Because we get to dunk on him. Because nothing's going to happen. Nothing is going to happen. Nobody's going to vote for him. Cause he, he can I tell you the thing that annoyed me the most about that? Yeah. So in the the like press statement about why he was running, it was like, well, he's getting older and he's considering his mortality. <laughs> oh, and I yeah. was like, who the fuck <laughs> is it right now? Are you kidding me? Like our planet's on fire. We're going to be underwater from climate change, either burn to death or be underwater. Rich people, like, are killing us. We're all considering our our mortality, Michael. You know, like, it's this weird rich dude obsession where he's like, well, the one thing I haven't done yet is be president. So, fuck off. (laughs) Give us your money. Go away. Die. Die. I think, think like, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens. I mean, I think he missed a shot. I think he actually... Maybe he wouldn't have a shot. I think he would be more effective for his own personal satisfaction if he ran as an independent. Yeah. Running the Democratic Party is stupid. Which, because ha- was he considering doing that in the past, or did he do he that in the that, past? Oh, Because he was sort of eyeing a run. He was sort of eyeing a run at the beginning of the cycle. I think... Howard Schultz stole his mojo. I thought there was a race <laughs> where he ran as an independent, or maybe he was just considering. Running I think as he was. An consi- I think yeah. maybe in the twenty. I think maybe in twenty sixteen he was thinking about it. Yeah. Um, 
But I, I don't know. Like, I think, or maybe he was just talking about it when the whole Howard Schultz thing was. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? He's been talking about it forever. He always talks Who about cares? it. Who cares? Because he's fucking rich and bored. Yeah. And uh, now he's scared of dying. I kind I kind of could see him trying to like, because he he Bloomberg runs that whole Every Town USA thing, right? Yeah. The, the gun group. Yeah. The gun group. I could see him like teaming up with Beto because that was Beto's whole thing Gross. was the gun thing. I just think like he's gonna just like he's gonna sign up. Nobody's gonna vote for him. The Democrat. I mean. For all their faults, the Democratic Party is moving further left. And so, like, nobody's going to give a shit that he's running. Mm Because it's like, okay, great. So you're an old white billionaire. Mm -hmm. Here's what he can do. He can die, right? Yeah. And then he leaves all of his money to the MTA Mm. so that they can actually, like, fix the trains and make trains free. Yeah. Why doesn't he do that? That'd be nice. That would be a good public He just fucking die and give us his money. (laughs) Hey, Michael, have you considered just fucking dying? (laughs) Yeah. Have you you thought about it? Have you thought about, Uh, like, I know you're old and you're scared, but, like, die maybe? I just think nothing's going to happen. I mean, it's not even going to cause a stir. Because, like, who fucking wants to vote for Michael Bloomberg? Who? Who's jazzed to go (laughs) vote for a billionaire? Who? Well, if you are, you just vote for Trump. He wishes he was a billionaire. <laughs> he wishes. Like I just don't. I don't know who Michael Bloomberg thinks. There's this whole like cadre of old white. I guess they used to be Democrats. I don't even know if they were, but they at least registered that way. And like, there's this whole narrative of like, oh well, nobody's talking to the moderates. And it's like, who the fuck are the moderates? Who are they? Who is gonna vote for you? Show yourself. Who the fuck? They, like. Like I, I, I hear a lot of people talking about them and I hear a lot of people like saying like, Oh, we just need a sensible moderate in the center. It's like You mean Joe Biden? That's what fucking Joe Biden's saying the right fuck now. Is in the He's center. like, Listen, listen. I know so many Republicans who are upset by Trump no, you don't. and they're gonna cross the aisle no, they're not. and they're gonna work with me. No, they're Joe not. Biden. And it's like, go fuck yourself, you dumb dumb. <laughs> if you're able to compromise with these fucking monsters on anything, that makes you a monster too. Yeah, like who like I, I just uh, frankly, if there are people out there that don't really feel passionate either way about republicans or like maybe not even republicans or democrats but don't feel passionately about being a conservative Mm -hmm. or being liberal i just think they're not gonna vote like who fuck like they're not they're not interested in politics or or like they don't just they don't give a shit enough to like like read i don't know like i it's one of those things i've never understood the idea that you can be a political moderate because to me it's like Either you have values or you don't. Mm-hmm. Or there's like one thing you're super passionate about. Yeah, like just like I lost my health care. Yeah. So, so like, like that's my cause <laughs> now. So it's like if you're a political moderate, like what do you believe in? Right. I, I think nothing. You know, like I like so who who are these people? I don't understand who these people are. Yeah, and that I they're think, constantly talking. I think maybe if that was a thing uh, in the past, it was maybe because you were uninformed or uh, uneducated about politics. Yeah. But now, especially um, with the internet and everything, I feel like that is an old-fashioned model how the media works. Where yeah. they're like, we got to find this like mythological moderate voter out there and it's like no increasingly we are a very divided country you either fall very clearly on one side or the other of the political aisles so it's weird that the media keeps obsessing about it they're like we have to find the american voter and it's (laughs) like who is that what are you talking about there's this assumption that they live in the midwest and they're white yeah so that means like if you're black and and you live in new york you're not the american voter like it's just a weird assumption to make right and i also think you're seeing like 
you know how like <laughs> they say like like when well, like when you're dying like your brain starts flooding with chemicals and you just start like spazzing out and, and stuff like that yeah i think you're seeing that like <laughs> like there used to be this old democratic party that was a bunch of old white rich guys and they just called themselves democrats because they needed a party to belong to sure and all of a sudden like jesus christ all yeah of a sudden, like Penny's having a tense showdown. Uh, all of a sudden, you start seeing, like, you know, for better, I mean, you know, everybody's got their favorites, but, like, for better or worse, like, we have a lot of people running for, we have, well, we have two people running for the Democratic Party right now that are, like, pretty left, pretty, like, have, you know, actual liberal values and, and stuff like that. Mm. So you're seeing the party shift that way a little bit. Um, and, like, all of these billionaire Democrats are, like, freaking the hell out because they're like i don't know what to do now right like we owned this party this is our thing and now the world's changing and we're afraid and yeah yeah i think you're right i think you're seeing like the the dying throes of (laughs) old institutions like whether it's the media whether it's the democratic party like they don't know how to cope with the changing world and i also think that's why you like (laughs) joe biden seems so like befuddled every time he's in front of a camera oh he thought he was going to be welcomed with like raining rose petals and now it's like well you guys don't just you're not just handing me the crown basically like literally every time he talks he has a ton of like i don't understand what's going on yeah like i was i was vice president he keeps making jokes about people accusing him of inappropriate behavior like touching people he's joking about it right in 2019 right Okay, Joe. Uh, listen, you're probably like, you just screamed die a bunch to Michael Bloomberg. <laughs> I'd like to say on record that um, I, I don't want any physical harm to come to him or anything like that. Um, I just think that rich people are useless and they should give us their money. True. Okay. So please go to lighttreason.news. <laughs> smash that donate <laughs> button. Are you a billionaire and you're listening to the show right now? Give me your money. What are you doing? Thank you. Uh, if you have any thoughts, questions, concerns about today's episode, <laughs> hashtag LightTreasonPod. <laughs> You're not allowed to write me about repeatedly <laughs> telling Michael Bloomberg to die. Okay? I had to then. I was in the good news section. It's a safe space. Please follow Eric on Twitter at E-R-E-K underscore Smith. That's me. Anything you want to plug? I have a, sm- like, a, it's a half plug. Okay. Uh, yeah. The company I work for, Citizen, is looking for uh, Android and iOS engineers okay so if you're out there and you do that and i think you have to be sort of local to new york but i'll ask but if you have that background just hit me up i'll put it up i'll send you to the right people tweet him at eric underscore smith and guys thank you so much for listening and while you're at it get out there and cause a little trouble (laughs) 